0: We are We are
1: We are Cultivate Cultivate
0: Cultivate Cultivate
2: Cultivate
0: Cultivate We are Cultivate Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world.
2: These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors, a bit weird, but it works. Today we're serving up one giant meal. Mm-mm. I'm your hostess Emily, and with me are the ever-astute Ashley and Lindsay. Hey Liners. Hey. Sop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Forever. Stop. Sop. I like it. At least I didn't come in and be like up like Michael Scott, <laughs> but it's fine.
1: That would have been amazing though.
2: Yeah, I should have probably done it. It's too late now. <laughs> Next time.
1: Save it for Lindsay's.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably forget.
1: <laughs>
2: Alright, so let's get
1: into this. The history and geography.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs>
1: just dove right into my writing without being like hey we're talking about the philippines today okay so we're talking about the philippines today the history and geography of the region make it such that there isn't one overarching flavor for cryptids and creatures of lore so this dish i have cooked up today is instead a truly filipino fusion of multiple regional flavors
0: Ooh, i like fusion foods
1: yeah What we now call the country, the Philippines, is an archipelago or chain of islands located in the seas between Taiwan, Vietnam and Indonesia and covers an area of approximately 300,000 kilometers or 120,000 square kilometers or 120,000 square miles. Square is important. It makes a difference. Mm -hmm. You heard all this on Ashley's, but I'm going to recover. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to cover it again. I'm going to have one of those episodes too, Ash. So it covers a lot of space and it has 36,000 kilometers or 200, oh my gosh, 22,500 meters of coastline. Altogether, it's about the same size as Arizona. The chain of more than 7,000 islands was formed by volcanic activity more than 50 million years ago, according to a California State University Bakersfield page. And humans began to move out of Asia and into the region. According to them, approximately 30,000 years ago, so it's been inhabited for a really long time. I know, Ash, when you were doing it, you found something like 50,000 years for humans, so it's somewhere in there. It's been a really long time. Of those 7,000 islands, fewer than half are named. Only about 350 are larger than 2.6 square kilometers, or one square mile,
2: And the rest, as Emily decided in my episode, are apparently just little volcano toots. Mm -hmm. Volcanic toots. Damn it, why did I forget the word volcanic? My brain is never going to work right again.
1: (laughs) It's just going to be one of those days. I can't wait for Lindsay's because I feel like it's going to be all of us. It's just going to trickle down. Oh, man. So uh, a lot of these are tiny little itty bitty toot islands. Little baby toots. (laughs) (laughs) The islands primarily fall into three island groups with the largest Luzon to the north and west, Visayas in the center of the chain, and Mindanao to the south. This is important because the geography contributed to the great diversity of plant, animal, and human life on the islands. So they're really, really diverse. There's like thousands of species of fish around. They have, I think, a couple hundred species of mammals. Like, it's a lot. It's tropics, man. There's a whole lot of diversity there. According to Britannica.com, contemporary Filipino society consists of nearly 100 culturally and linguistically distinct ethnic groups. So you can pretty easily begin to imagine how wide-ranging the beliefs and the lore of the region are. Mm-hmm. Although trade with Islamic nations and with China played a role in shaping the cultures of the islands, it was the arrival of the Spanish that really changed things. They began to arrive to the region in the mid-1500s during the reign of King Philip II of Spain.
2: Damn you conquistadors! (laughs) (laughs) You sons of bitches! Guess where the Philippines got their name from? Philip? Was it King Philip? Yep, King. Just fellow. putting it out there, so fucking crazy. What kind of king just names a thing after him? All of them. Fucking all of them. Yeah, unsurprisingly, the Spanish plot. <laughs> Catholicism with. I don't know when I get angry about the part where you said the Spanish or the part where you were like Catholicism, because <laughs> I don't <laughs> like either of those things.
1: <laughs> well, they really like Catholicism. At least now they do. So they brought Catholicism and they obviously didn't give native people really any kind of choice in adopting the faith. And I was to
2: say, they brought it and they're like, This is yours now and you like it. Yep.
1: Yep. And they didn't do it nicely either. So now more than eighty percent of the citizens of the Philippines practice Catholicism. Which is really interesting when you start to think about a lot of their traditional beliefs because they hold on to a ton of them.
0: (laughs) Did you hear that noise? What was that? It was my bag like screeching across the desk. (laughs) I was like, what is that? It was my butt. I made a volcano (laughs) island.
2: (laughs) Damn it. I'm the only one who hasn't made an island yet.
0: (laughs) drink more barks have it come out of your butt
2: <laughs> it's gonna if i keep drinking this it's gonna come out this way i don't know can you burp an island do we know probably We'll find out we'll find out
1: i mean volcanoes are like kind of earth earth burps or earth farts it's just a whole bunch of gas it's got to come out
2: hashtag truth <laughs> <laughs> hashtag sorry scientists <laughs>
1: volcanologists are like no that's not how it works
2: <laughs> <laughs> how dare you
1: <laughs> okay so they brought catholicism now they're a whole bunch of catholics in the philippines because the spanish viewed natives as less civilized surprise surprise they installed a medieval style caste system based on race which remained in place through the 1800s sweet yeah we all love caste
2: systems Mm -hmm. i love how they're like oh you're not civilized so we're gonna reorganize everything based on what you look like because that's what civilized means Uh uh-huh pretty much you guys are dumb that's so dumb
1: also we're so civilized that we're gonna force you to take on our religion damn you spain past spain historical spain not contemporary spain spain would eventually cede the region to the u.s following the end of the spanish-american war in 1898 and the u.s would retain it until it was officially declared independent in 1946 i didn't realize I, this is like not a piece of american history that i knew
0: i didn't know that we owned the philippines at some point
1: yep so we this we got this we got uh, guam Puerto Rico and some other places that was all like Spanish property and were like, hey, hey, we win, you suck, hey, hey.
0: Sounds like us, yeah. Yep. That sounds like us, yeah.
1: Yep. So, um, the U.S. had it. Then they officially declared the independence of the Philippines in 1946. As the Spanish had centuries before, the U.S. utilized brutality, elitism, and racism to hold power over the people of the Philippines during that, that period that roughly 50 year period where they held the nation.
2: Also sounds like us, yeah.
1: Really does. The result of American occupation and control of the region was that the Philippines became the second largest Asian country with English as the official language. Can you guys guess the other one? India? It is India.
2: Yes. Good Ooh.
1: call. I it didn't occur to me that English would be the official language. Thank you, Britain.
2: Yeah. England likes to roll like that.
1: (laughs) So do we, apparently.
2: Yeah, well, we're all, uh, we're nothing like you and we're gonna have our own thing and then we just copy everything that they did already and act like it's better somehow because we're like, oh, we measure in feet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the British measure in feet, too. It came from them. What? Are you sure? Yeah. Go watch British television. They talk about things in feet. It
2: came from their kings. Brain hurts. I thought we were the only ones that did that.
1: No, apparently not. But we are like the, I think we're the only ones who use Fahrenheit. Everybody else uses Celsius.
2: I don't understand what the difference is. And I don't want anyone <laughs> to explain it because I'm yeah. not going to remember in 30 seconds anyway. It's not important.
1: Eventually, however... Tagalog was declared the national language, though there are hundreds of languages and dialects spoken throughout the island, so Tagalog is like the overarching national native language, but there are tons of others, so there are really a whole bunch of different ways things can be pronounced. I'm going to generally pronounce things probably in the Tagalog language or dialect. So, sorry if I which are things and it should have been said in a different way it's kind of hard to look and find how everybody's supposed to
0: say everything yeah
1: today the population of the philippines is greater than 110 million people which is about a third the size of the u.s population in a region approximately the size of arizona so imagine basically taking like the east coast and shoving it all into arizona
0: jesus (laughs) it's a lot of people
2: Please don't shove me into Arizona. (laughs) Thanks.
0: (laughs) I'll go there willingly. Thank you.
1: (laughs) As you can imagine, this means that population density can be very high. The cities are very crowded while rural areas can be more sparsely inhabited. Based on what I could find, it seems like most settlement occurs on plains and along the coast because the mountainous regions can be too challenging to broadly inhabit. So that means those heavily forested mountainous regions are a little more mysterious so now even think about you can't even settle all of arizona you basically settle the edges of arizona mm. with a third of the population of the u.s that's a lot of people in the small amount of space so all of these factors play a role in the story of the cryptid i chose to feature today there are beings who live amongst the treetops watching smoking playing tricks. Known as the Capre, these are giant humanoids standing between seven and nine feet to uh, 2.13 meters to 2.7 feet to, Oh my God. 2.74 <laughs> meters tall <laughs> and covered in dark hair. It's believed that most, if not all of these beings are male as all witness encounters talk of male features or of their intentions with women, which we'll get to more later.
2: Male features, as in junk? Yeah, pretty much. I knew it. You chose the the exposed balls.
1: Well, (laughs) one of their most recognizable features is facial hair. So, that's usually a dead giveaway if they have a pretty big beard that it's a male, but not always. There are bearded women out there, and I see them rock it, and I'm here for you girls. But generally, the assumption is if it's got a bearded face, it's probably a dude. Generally, the only thing they wear to cover the rest of their hairy, naked bodies are bahags, which are are a traditional article of clothing from the region that kind of resembles a loincloth. So I hope I pronounced that correctly. I did not put that one in here phonetically. They may instead be entirely naked, however, or only have leaves covering their bits and pieces. So either way, they don't have a whole lot on. Some are also known to wear an enchanted belt that allows them to remain invisible to human eyes whenever they wish to remain hidden. I would love one of those. You have a question mark on your face, Ashley.
2: It's an enchanted belt?
1: Yeah, I mean, why not?
0: Magic.
2: I don't know. I I don't know if I like invisible things fucking with me. Like, what if we don't do that? What if we stay visible, please? (laughs) Yeah, the
1: invisibility can
2: sometimes not be fun. I Mm. feel like they're going to mess with me and I don't like it. Mm.
1: The Giants are known for their strong, foul body odor and their bad habit of smoking cigars or tobacco pipes. Which, if you're walking in the woods and you suddenly smell a cigar, it's a pretty telltale sign that there's a Capre nearby.
0: Gross. So if it just stinky, smells, Yep. Smokey the Bear hates these guys.
1: <laughs> Maybe they don't have to worry about that too much in the, the tropics. It's moist. They do have dry season, though, to be fair.
2: They can still have forest fires. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to say moist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Capre generally live in tall trees such as mango, acacia, kaimito, in veleti, aka banyan trees, or in bamboo, which is technically a grass. Every website threw it in with trees. It's not a tree, y'all. It's a grass. When these beings are observed, they are mostly seen sitting in or under their trees. Though, because of their ability to become invisible, you may not physically see that you're in the presence of a coprey. There are some other signs that you may be near their home, however. Their distinct smell gives them away, naturally, Mm -hmm. but you may also see the glowing ember from their cigar or pipe, or you may see their eyes glowing red in the trees, even if the rest of their body is hidden.
0: Oh, that's like some Cheshire cat crap.
1: Yeah, it's creepy. Mm -mm. You may also notice a tree that seems to have an unusually large number of fireflies around it, which sounds pretty.
0: That tree glows. Avoid that one.
1: All of these are indications of the presence of a copre.
0: From what I can tell, these
1: beings are usually considered friendly, if not mischievous and prone to playing pranks.
2: I don't want to be pranked. Come <laughs> on. One of their favorite plank... Planks? Ed, Ed and Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> One of their favorite... Pl- oh my god. <laughs> I can say pranks. Words are so hard today. It's not right.
1: One of their favorite pranks to play is to cause people to be gum.
2: I said be gum! (laughs) You said be gum. (laughs) It's to change people into gum. give up oh my god i'm sorry wonderful patrons this is rough today i think this is karma because you kept making fun of me for four weeks.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was pretty funny <laughs> it was pretty hilarious but i'm just saying paybacks
1: <laughs> so the copyright make people become disoriented people walking through the woods or mountains may find themselves walking in circles And lost.
2: Oh, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, but you don't have to worry about it because you don't hike.
2: I know, but I don't want to get lost in the forest.
1: While others might suddenly forget the way to familiar places such as their
0: own homes. That's not good either. That's not good. Nope, nope.
2: Guys, I don't think that's as fun as you think it is. It's a little mean. Maybe don't do that.
1: They think it's pretty funny they will also make trees rustle as though wind is blowing through the leaves even when the air is calm Mm-mm. so there are some accounts of trees even like violently shaking
2: okay so but there's
1: something they there like a whole bunch of monkeys up there shaking the whole dang tree
2: bunch Mm-mm. of monkeys fucking or that I mean that's what <laughs> I would I'm just letting you know if I saw a tree in a forest rocking that hard I'd be like yeah those monkeys are getting it on and that'd be fine. Big old monkey
1: orgy up there. Avoid that tree.
2: Monkeys deserve <laughs> yeah, love too. <laughs>
1: uh, or they may laugh, seeming like a disembodied voice in the woods.
2: The Cheshire Cat's back. Mm-hmm. My
1: personal favorite, though, is when they go for a stroll, Sasquatch style, and just startle people nearby, and they're like, "Hey."
0: hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I picture them in a, with a corn cob pipe for some reason. <laughs> like cuz <'cause> they <laughs> smoke cigars that. and stuff or are mm-hmm. like okay, okay, okay. And they got like little puffs of smoke coming out of their pipe.
1: <laughs> I think it's one of those traditional pipes, but I could totally picture it like that too. Though they generally seem to be considered kind of like the class clowns of the forest, there are reports that these beings can be dangerous or even deadly. Because they are so large, they are strong. And as protectors of nature and the forest, they can be angered. If someone were to cut down a copraised tree, for example, they would be putting their lives in danger because that copra is going to be
0: mad.
1: The other reason they can be seen as dangerous is because they can become predatory towards
2: women.
0: Yay.
2: Yep. See, we're right back to that whole invisibility thing not yep. being acceptable again. I don't like it. Yeah.
1: Capra can and do become friendly with humans and this can turn into a lifelong bond and I will have some stories a little bit later about people who were lifelong friends with Capra and it was fine however these beings also seem to have a habit of becoming infatuated with human women and if they fall in love with a woman they will follow her for the rest of her life and they will do everything in their power to gain her love and keep her for themselves including taking what they want
2: by force
0: gross i hate everything yep. yeah i don't
2: like this
1: yeah so this could not only cause her trouble because likely no one else can see the cop ray, so if she's interacting with it it's gonna look like she's causing some kind of problems or she's cuckoo but it may put potential suitors in harm's way it could put her family in hard way harm's way and it certainly puts her in physical harm's way mm-hmm so how can you protect yourself against a being that causes you to get lost in the woods or stalks you invisibly in the night? I want to hear some of your guesses because they're they're not going to be right. And I think it'll be fun.
2: Carry a blowtorch everywhere you go. <laughs> that would be fun.
0: <laughs> hmm. I would just wear like a bubble suit.
1: <laughs> a bubble suit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if you get knocked, you just start bouncing down the mountain.
0: Or just tuck and roll. Just roll roll. away.
1: (laughs) If you suspect that a tree you'll be passing is occupied by a copre, you should say tabi tabi po, which is a way to ask spirits, excuse me, or may I pass? So it's apparently like a traditional thing to politely talk to spirits in the forest. But uh, what if you forget to ask permission? So now you're lost and you think it's the work of a copre. You should take your shirt off, turn it inside out, and then put it back on. And this should break any potential enchantment.
0: Sounds legit. I
2: mean, I've accidentally worn a shirt inside out one time. It was awkward. <laughs> it would confuse other people. I don't know if it broke an enchantment, but it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it
1: prevented you from becoming enchanted.
2: Maybe. There you go. If you're a
1: woman being stalked by a cop ray, but people don't believe you, just sit on it literally, anywhere, lap, shoulders, wherever, because if you sit on a coprae, and you're able to already see it, then other people will also be able to see it. This won't really kind of offer you any kind of physical protection from the being, but at least people aren't going to think that you're crackers. Some coprae are thought to possess a small white magical stone.
0: A magical stone, you say?
2: (laughs) Do they keep it in their butts?
1: They do not keep it in their (laughs) butts. Although I do wonder where they do keep it if they only have a loincloth cover in their bits
2: in their butts man it's
1: probably in their butts that makes
2: sense <laughs> it's nature's
1: pocket and the cap is like we were right all along I told you.
2: oh my god I can't believe I said nature's pocket
0: <laughs>
2: it's supposed to
1: be white though if it comes out of there it's not going to be white anymore
0: it's the brownstone
1: it's the brownstone of destiny maybe
2: it's enchanted mm-hmm
0: forever clean
1: is that where the foul odor comes from it's all from the stone (laughs) (laughs) gross (laughs) this stone which is said to be smaller than a quail's egg which i looked up (laughs) by the way which is about 1.4 inches long or 3.5 centimeters so i'm not giving you the width you get an idea it's small Mm -hmm. This will grant wishes to those who can somehow lay their hands on it. How you get your hands <laughs> on this big stone, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't typically carry uh, medical grade gloves with me whenever I travel <laughs> through the woods,
1: but I suppose if you're if, if you're a woman who's being stalked by a ray, you want to try and get your hands on that stone somehow, Ugh. and then you, you can wish for it to leave you alone.
0: But if they will give you anything that you want to make you happy, you could probably just ask for it. No, Mm,
1: I don't think they'd give that up. Maybe you don't know. Maybe I don't know. It's worth a shot. You never know. Finally, if all else fails, just pray like heck. The church is ready to help break the hold the Capre has on its victims. Seriously, I found multiple websites that are like, if you feel like there's a Capre in your life and it's causing you harm, seek out the help of the church. Like, it's a thing. And with that, we are going to take a short break. We'll be right back with some juicy tales of the Capre. Do you often find that you need a distraction from everyday life? do you like true crime conspiracy theories paranormal stories and other weird dark tales well tune in and turn up weird distractions podcast where we your hosts christy and alex bring you a weird distraction to help you get through the work week every sunday morning you can find our show on apple podcasts anchor spotify good pods and more so grab a snack get comfy and make sure to lock those doors need Need a distraction
0: distraction? we We got got you. you
1: Thank you for your patience. Our next dish is a combo platter of personal encounters with the Capre. Unlike other regions of the world where giants and ogres are now relegated to fairy tales and belief systems of the past, the giant Capre are still very much alive and well in the beliefs of Filipinos and there are many stories of people who swear they've had run-ins with these beings. Okay, you're going to laugh at the name of this website. (laughs) Wow, paradise Philippines! Wow wow <laughs> tells a tale of a group of hikers that recently were climbing a mountain in Batangas yes in Batangas they found themselves wandering in circles and so decided to start leaving marks on the trails to let themselves know which like which way they'd already come which path they'd already walked on they're leaving little markers little arrows I don't know and just kind of think of like Sarah from the labyrinth when she's uh, using the lipstick on the stones to tell which way she'd been but weirdly though they kept finding themselves back at the same spots over and over and couldn't find their way out very labyrinth like just picking things up and turning stuff around so they started calling for help they're freaking out a 70 year old resident of the mountain heard their pleas and came to them Recognizing the issue right away, he recited some prayers and practiced some rituals meant to honor the copre, and within a short period, the group was able to resume their hike and make it off the mountain. Philippine Tales tells a cautionary story of a woman who seemed to be harassed by an infatuated copre. So this is just going to give you a little content warning. This next story contains discussion of sexual assault. So if you're not comfortable with it, skip ahead like a minute or two. There really aren't. I didn't go into details because we're not doing that on this show. It's not necessary. But if you're uncomfortable with it, just skip ahead. This is a story relayed by Pastor Hiram Pangilinon. He was called out to a garment factory where one of the female employees had been observed speaking to something invisible outside of a window. And then all of a sudden she fell unconscious. But it seemed like when she fell unconscious something lifted her up onto a table some invisible force Mm -mm. i don't like it yep this invisible force then assaulted the woman not gonna go in the details there was more to the story you don't need it after which she became incredibly strong When the pastor arrived, he spoke to the thing that now seemed to be possessing the woman, and the voice that spoke back was not hers. Instead, it was male. Mm. The male voice told the pastor that it was a copre that lived in the tree outside of the woman's home, and it had fallen in love with her, and that's why it had raped her.
2: That isn't love. You know, I literally wrote that in. I was like,
1: that's not love. That's not how this works.
2: I want to set you on fire. Somebody needs to explain this to the cop, Ray, please.
1: Anyway, the pastor ended up performing an exorcism on the woman and it lasted something like five hours. And eventually she was freed of the being. I don't know what happened after. There's no follow-up to the story to know whether she was forever freed of this being. Like, uh, if the exorcism really got the cop, Ray. If it got rid of it for good or if this is an ongoing thing, but she was free for the time being. I hate it. Yeah, I, yeah. there were other stories I was reading and I was like, I'm not even including these because they they were bad. They yeah. were graphic and it's not not fun. There was even a recent attack reported in the news last September. This is not that kind of attack. According to Philippine News, a family was terrorized for several nights by an unseen force. Just as the family was going to bed one night around 10 p.m., they began to hear glasses falling and smashing in the kitchen. This was followed by the smashing and destroying of plates, bowls, and utensils. Rice and bottles of soft drinks were dumped all over the floor, and in the piles of rice, giant handprints could be seen. Ugh. So we'll share some pictures of this on our social media so you can see what they look like, but they don't look like real handprints. It looks like somebody put a hand down and, and then dragged it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because the palm is way too small. It's these really long fingers with a tiny little palm, and it doesn't make sense.
0: Unless they've got salad fingers.
1: Yeah, maybe salad fingers. <laughs> yeah. But it also like the size of it wouldn't even make sense for a seven to eight, nine foot tall or 12 foot tall being.
2: They have baby hands.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The family, understandably frightened, went next door to a neighbor's house, but the trouble followed them there, too, where it destroyed the neighbor's furniture. And I can only imagine that the neighbor's like, get get the heck out of here. We don't want you here anymore. You brought it with you. So this continued for two nights, and then the family reached out to a local witch doctor, the article's words, not mine, named Raffi. He came out to see what the Dilio was and uh, kind of perform a ceremony. He claimed that he witnessed a 12-foot tall furry copre. Supposedly, the copre lived in a tree close by and was pretty miffed that part of the tree was turned into a pot. I'm guessing that what it, it's part of the tree's roots because the wording of the article, it was described as, quote, the tree's basement was made into a cooking pot for pork
2: the tree's basement <laughs> i know i was like
1: I- i'm guessing you mean the roots i don't i don't know i like it i don't know when i was reading this story i was thinking aside from that witch doctor nobody else saw them it sounds more like poltergeist activity to me mm-hmm. I- if you have a 12 foot thing inside of your house it's probably gonna do some other crap than just knock over rice it's gonna cause a lot of damage because it's gonna be taller than your broom. Think about when kids can climb into their kid their doll houses or something and the kind of damage that they cause when they do that. It's chaos. It's my personal opinion anyway. The first president of the Republic of the Philippines, General Emilio Aguinaldo, was rumored to have a copyright as a friend. The being was thought to live
0: <laughs> a- <laughs> my friend the copyright.
1: <laughs> you don't want a copyright friend?
2: No! I don't want I to don't. Stay, you, friend. Stay away. <laughs> I don't like you.
1: Well, this guy seemed to be helpful. The, the being was thought to live under a bridge near the general's mansion. He protected the general from Spanish attack during the Spanish-American War. So this is the late 1800s. When Spanish soldiers tried to cross the Capres Bridge, they started firing... And then the copyright turned their bullets around back on them. So it reflected oh. their bullets back and protected Quit the general. Quit
2: yourself. Quit shooting yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the general's just sitting back like, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. my
2: copyright. Yeah.
0: That's my bridge troll.
2: I was also thinking yeah, about bridge right? trolls.
1: <laughs> this uh, copyright was also believed to give the general advice regarding military maneuvers. And he gifted Emilio a small white stone called an anting anting. Yep, it was that small white stone. He's like, I love you so much. Here's my butt stone. <laughs> so an anting anting is like an amulet or a charm. It gave Emilio his white stone.
0: I was going to say, please tell me he wore it as like a necklace around his neck. So we had like a butt stone around his neck.
1: I, d- I think he swallowed it based on the, rest of the
2: story. <laughs> If you like it, then you should have put a butt stone on it. <laughs> yep,
1: yes. Oh my god, we need that on a shirt. No, but don't put that on a shirt. Nobody's going to buy that. <laughs> I'm not going to put it on there. No, but I think he swallowed it based on what comes up later. Anyway, so he has the stone from the Capre. And it, it's believed that it not only made the general unkillable during battle, but also contributed to his very long life. He lived 94 years Exemplar.com even went on to say that there's a legend that the general spit out the stone just before he died. So he's like, and
0: Bro. <laughs> he was
2: He's like, I've had enough of this. I've lived a long life. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's like when Bilbo Baggins handed over the ring. He's like, yep, no, nope, I got it. It's time.
2: Time Aww. to move on. Now I'm going to start cry- ugly crying like I did when I finished Lord of the Rings.
1: Aw. <laughs> It was sad at the end. It's good, but sad. There is some speculation that this particular copyright was actually inspired by an African-American soldier named David Fagan, who defected to the general's army during the war. The American army was pissed and put out a bounty on Fagan's head. Eventually, a bounty hunter did come forward with a decomposing severed head, which he claimed was Fagan's. So the American army... Basically went around and they were like, ha ha, we won. Look, we got the traitor. Me, 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 me. However, there were lots of reported sightings of Fagan after his declared death, even on the general's personal estate. Uh, At the time, many believe he lived on the state for the rest of his life and was seen walking all over the general's estate for years to come. So... They're pretty sure that it was just somebody's severed head, and we'll get into where that may have come from a little later.
2: Gross. <laughs> the same place group found that toe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this.
2: Did you not see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2?
1: Oh, I did, but I only saw it once because I didn't like it as much. Yeah, <laughs> Groot just.
2: <laughs> Groot just brings a random severed big toe. Nice.
0: And Rocket's like, we won't speak of this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now I'm just picturing those old uh, stories to, to tell in the dark. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm hmm. Where's my toe? Gross. Ugh. Put it in a
2: soup and eat it. Blech. No. <laughs> Potato soup. Hot no. to soup? Hot <laughs> toe soup? No.
1: You know you're hungry when. You're like, hmm, this big toe will feed my whole family. Anyway, let's talk about coprey some more. The last copre story I want to close out the encounters with is possibly the most famous of all. And he's known as Mr. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Mr. Brown, aka Mr. Jones, is believed to have moved into a baleti tree on the front lawn of the presidential Malacanang Palace during the American occupation of the region. Supposedly, this is how he got the moniker because the occupation occurred when the Americans, quote unquote, colonized the brown race. I don't know if this is true. Wow. That's just the rumor that's out there. That that's how he got his name.
2: I just threw up in my mouth. Yes, it's gross.
1: I wouldn't want that to be his name. Maybe that's why they call him Mr. Jones now. Mr. Brown is generally considered to be a very good humored prankster. that really He doesn't cause harm to anyone. Uh, and he's known to draw quite a crowd of fireflies to his home. So the tree that's outside of this palace... Uh, at one point was covered in fireflies and they think that it was actually likely tied to a firefly release that was a celebration for the president's wife but then it came to be associated with the copyright because they're all like
0: tree that's the kind of gender reveal party I want <laughs>
1: yeah fireflies Yeah, it's, it's less flammable there's fire in the name but not actually in the action mm-hmm. good choices Exemplar shared a few stories of encounters with this benign being. There's the story of a cab driver who was waiting at the front of the palace for his fare. And then when he asked for a light, he looked up to see Mr. Brown just standing there chewing on a stogie. And he was like, well, crap, this is scary. He goes running off to the other guards and the guards are like, you're dumb. That's just our cop, right. Chill out. There are other stories of seeing guards running around frantically late at night. Like, madly running all over. The ground, and when they're asked why they were behaving this way, they claim that Mr. Brown had been dropping ashes on them for funsies.
2: Man, at least you would get your steps in that day. That's yeah, no true. Kidding.
1: There are also lots of stories of people tripping mysteriously or just randomly falling. I feel like if they're anything like me, they're just really clumsy.
0: Or like me? <laughs> Jesus.
2: Someone put a stick there. <laughs>
1: My youngest literally ran into a wall the other day. Face first. How do your feet not get in the wall first? He <laughs> was like, g'donk. <laughs> he was running, leaning forward. He was walking and his head into the wall first. There was no copper involved.
0: <laughs> There's a bunch of like string strewn around the, the building. And he just like yep, pulls secret. the strings. Hehe. <laughs>
1: It seems like the the tripping and falling most frequently occurs to people who don't extend Mr. Brown the usual appropriate greeting before passing his tree. Luckily for Mr. Brown, then-President Benino Aquino III declared the tree to be a heritage tree in 2011, which gives it special protections to ensure its continued survival. Nice. It's just considered a really important tree now. Honestly, the claims of sightings and encounters, it goes on and on and on. But I didn't want things to get too dark or too repetitive. So we're going to just take a short break here and we'll be right back with some dessert. Time for the final dish to close out this giant meal. What could possibly explain the copre? Where did this gigantic bean originate? There are giant spirits and beings all throughout Filipino mythology, all throughout it. And while they share many similarities, they do differ from locality to locality, island to island. There are several that are considered kind and gentle, or at least not like an outright danger to humans, such as...
2: Such as Andre the Giant. We miss you. No, oh, we do
1: miss you. Such as Sibara Yungan. Who is a giantess that you're gonna love? This. She uses her very, very large breasts to break walls and floors. Nice, <laughs> that's her
0: big
2: power. She's like, boosh. She's got heavy boobs. She's got big I came boobs. in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> I never hit so hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's a
1: that's a power right there. Uh, and she has been known to to protect humans, so she's known to be protective. Others are definitely considered to be kind of a, a mixed bag or downright dangerous. The Gissarab is known to hunt humans and animals indiscriminately, though he will sometimes hunt alongside humans.
2: He's like, people, animals, they're the same thing, right? Okay, yes. but... What if you're just like, you think you're hunting together, but then... It hunts you instead. like and uh, tricked you. <laughs> I'm going to eat you now. <laughs> well that would suck. A little
0: bit. <laughs> <laughs> it just pushes you in the water and then dumps a bunch of tree sap on you. And you're like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs>
1: The Ikugan is a giant monkey-like creature with a very long tail that sits in trees and snatches humans up with its tail.
2: Okay, that's amazing. That's pretty cool. And it's my favorite one. (laughs) That's pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Yoink. (laughs) While the bunisnis is a giant, monstrously strong, kind of dumb cyclops.
2: Good, good. Yes, yes. I would like to know why uh, cyclopes are always dumb someone explain it to me <laughs> I, I
1: i just feel like having one eye humans would perceive that as being less intelligent It may, it just kind of makes you look like you're kind of going Duh! all the time that's the way i picture it okay there are even several tales of giants creating the world by forming the hills and ocean and placing the sun moon and stars in the sky so seriously like the origin story of much of the philippines is giants Volcanoes!
2: The world. is the volcanoes that did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Volcano tubes. So it's really easy to see that a belief in giants and their roles in the world is very important to the history and culture of the Philippines. What does this have to do with the copre, though? Well, it seems that the copre is actually a relatively modern amalgamation of several beings from all across Filipino lore. So it looks like the Capre really didn't begin to emerge until the eight, sometime in the 1800s and really started to become more popularized in the late 1800s. The name Capre is often believed to be a perversion of an old Islamic slur, Kefir, which means non-believer or infidel, and was commonly used by medieval Islamic traders to describe black people. Sweet yeah, racism, racism. Mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. It looks like racism plays a really big role in the capre honestly,
2: ok. But what if instead of thinking about that, which makes my blood boil, I just go back to thinking about those creatures that lift you with their tail <laughs> or
1: the big boobs?
2: She's got heavy boobs. She's a brick house. She's mighty mighty, just letting it all hang out.
1: However, even though there was a subsection of the Filipino population who were Islamic, this term was not in their common vocabulary and thus was not used by them. It doesn't seem, it it seems unlikely that it arose with the local population. That term. Instead, it appears that the name may have arisen following the Spanish introduction of slave trade into the region.
2: Oh my God, shocking. It was the Spanish all along. It was the Spanish probably.
1: Uh, slaves were distinguished by the Spanish when they were bringing them in based on what region they were coming from. So uh, they were either known as negroes or uh, cofres. So cofre with an F. According to the Oswang Project, the slaves began to revolt against the oppression beginning in the mid-1600s. So it's possible that the being known as the copre was actually created by the Spanish to discourage and scare native peoples from, as- from assisting escaping slaves.
0: Mm.
1: possible however the copyright as it's known today didn't really start to pop up until slavery had pretty much ended throughout the region so the idea that it originated with the spanish rulers probably doesn't hold much water it appears to be more likely that coffre, the older slur uh, came to generally mean uncivilized or uncouth so it went from being a slur against blacks to a more widely used slur against anyone who wasn't gentrified basically so but it also came to refer to other giant beings and lore because they're all kind of dirty this is your old uncivilized belief system right mm-hmm. so capre because there wasn't an f sound in the filipino phonology the f came to be pronounced as a p and thus the word capre was born gotcha Many believe that the original inspiration for the Capre, as they are now known, came from a lesser known forest spirit, the Pugot. The Pugot, whose name means the black one, the decapitated one, or the one with hands cut off, according to the Aswang Project, is another giant with distinct black skin. It has the ability to move at great speed and can assume many forms and sizes. It can appear as a cat, dog, Hog, fall of fire, huge black creature, a giant black humanoid, or even a giant headless being.
2: Sweet. Okay, well the decapitated thing makes sense now, but what about the hand thing? It
1: just it depends on which region. So the Pugoat, the pugot, there were many different iterations of it.
2: And There's one that has no hands.
1: Like there really there were a whole bunch, and I'm just kind of trying to get you the general idea of what the pugot is without going. delving too deeply into all the different little ones. These beings may have large noses and hands if they happen to have a head, large sharp teeth if they have a head, or long dark hair depending on who you ask. If they have a head. Yep. The Pugot like to hide themselves away in dark and abandoned places or in tall trees where they'll chill out and smoke a cigar. So it's believed that the copre smoking a cigar actually originated with the Pugot. Gotcha. These Beings are certainly quite frightening in appearance, but generally don't seem to be considered dangerous. Instead, they're believed to be protectors both of the forest and of the native people. They really want to protect the native culture. These beings are carnivores, for sure, but they like to eat snakes and insects, which they ingest. How do you think they ingest these things?
0: In their butts. <laughs> I know. Through their belly buttons.
1: Those are both good guesses. But no, they pick up the food and they shove it down their neck stumps, according to Exemplar. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if they don't
0: have a head, then that makes sense.
2: <laughs> I had to read it, so I had to share it with you. <laughs> okay, but if you don't, if you don't have a head. How do you capture things? Do they have eyes? They're spirits. Stumps. I don't know.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I suppose if it's snakes and insects, that'll easily go down your neck stump. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, if they eat like cats, would it have to be like a mandible type neck stump? (laughs) They just get a plunger (laughs) and start shoving it down.
2: (laughs) Oh my god. They do it like the way you load like those old muskets.
0: (laughs) Gotta get my neck hole stick. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta gotta get my ramrod. (laughs)
2: Car ramrod. Oh my god, I can't breathe. So it doesn't
1: seem as though humans have a whole lot to fear from the Pugot. Although there is another, there is one version of the Pugot called the Pugot Mamu, which does like to eat children. So, it, like I said, it really depends on what, where you're looking at, but generally the Pugot seems to be very chill. It's believed that this being originated from the practice of headhunting throughout the region, which certainly would be considered uncivilized or uncouth.
0: Makes sense. Why it wouldn't have a head?
2: What about the hands? <laughs> I can't let it go. it just, just like she has hands? <laughs> there were people who went hand hunting as well. Little known fact. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't surprise me.
0: I mean, that is a thing. Like, I can't remember where I read it, but I know, like, in Africa, it's in some places. It's a thing where. You, if you find an albino, you take their hand and it becomes like a good luck. What? And it's yeah. like a good luck, like a lucky rabbit's foot type of thing.
2: Like the monkey's paw thing? Mm-hmm. I
1: believe that's a South African tradition.
0: But yeah. with
2: an albino hand. Yeah. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. I'm going to Google it later. So. <laughs>
1: So headhunting would certainly be considered uncivilized or uncouth. And remember that the term copre came to denote someone with these socially undesirable traits. Mm -hmm. Further supporting the pugot as the original inspiration for the copre is the story of David Fagan, the African-American who defected from the army and fought alongside the Filipinos. It is said that he was much loved by the, the people and was given the nickname of pugot by members of the ita tribe because americans claimed he'd been decapitated
2: oh oh my god that's funny well
1: he he claimed they thought he was decapitated and he came over to protect the filipino people so yeah he was really loved what he did the ita people are also sometimes known as pugot which has uh come become a colloquial term for people with darker skin in other words, it's kind of a racial slur, particularly because this tribe doesn't appear to have many rights to land. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with nomadic. They're a nomadic tribes. Oh, okay. So they don't, they don't have rights to land. A lot of it's really messed up. I kind of went down a whole rabbit hole in terms of the Aita because there's a whole lot of political and social problems that they're facing too. Like when Ashley was talking about the Palawan, right? tribes. There's yes. a lot of that for these people. I think there's only 6,000 of them left or something like that. It's a very, it might be less than that. It's a very small number and they face all kinds of racial issues. But, uh, so they're also known as Pugot. The other thing, another name for the Aita is the Agta, which happens to be the name of another giant black being commonly used in synonymy sure, with the copra
0: Right.
1: The Agta also tends to be invisible, hang out in trees and smoke cigars. So we see that Fagin was thought to be decapitated. He was declared Pugot mm-hmm. by the natives, by native people who are also called Pugot, who are also called Agta, which is another name for Capri. So it all kind of ties back together.
0: Full circle.
1: Yeah, it really lends a lot of support to the notion that Pugo was the original Capre in the Philippines. Over time, the Capre became a more widely believed spirit. Uh, the Capre and its many counterparts have become a feature in pop culture, such as the Trece comic series, which uh, was recently turned into a Netflix series. And I believe one of their stars, I want to say Lisa? Serrano, Lisa Serrano, also has uh, an account online of her personal encounter with a uh, Copre. Oh, cool! So that's kind of cool. Uh, while I touched on several giant dark beings from Filipino beliefs, there were many, many others. Like I had a, whole, I literally had this list of names. Uh, it's quite evident that they are very important figures in the lore and the history of the region, and that belief in them remains strong to this day. People truly believe that the copre are out there and that they interact with them now. And that's the story of the copre. Ah, I have a long list of ingredients, sorry. Ingredients for this dish were sourced from multiple Britannica pages about the history of the Philippines, a California State University Bakersfield page on the same topic, the legend of the Copre on wowparadisephilippines.com, a page on Philippine Times called Copre the Tree Giant, a mythos fandom page on the Copre. An article on Philippine news entitled Items in a House in Aklan destroyed after an alleged Capre attack. An article on Exemplar.com called Racism in the Philippine Capre Myth. An inquirer article entitled Oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Malang, Malang, it's the palace. Has another stay in smoker. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Several pages on different giant characters from Filipino lore. And I'll just include the links because there were so many of them. An Aswang Project page called Giant Lore in the Philippines. The good, the bad, and the gods. A page on the tribes.org And then a whole bunch of other Aswang Project pages. So, I, I mean, they, they were very, very useful in my research. So, any final thoughts on the copyright before we move on to something good?
0: At least they're probably keeping the cigar industry going in the Philippines. That's, so that's good.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I think they have an enchanted cigar, so it never—they um, never get done
2: smoking. It It just always keeps going. Oh. I think they are like angry Loraxes. Um. Yeah. But I don't. I don't like them. Um. I like that they protect the trees. Mm-hmm don't like a lot of the other things that they do, especially to women. So. Yeah.
0: I'm cool with most of it except for the stuff against women. That's yeah, not really cool. And the magic belt stuff.
1: I was really trying to find uh, cause so much of Filipino lore and their cryptids or creatures are all... They have some pretty scary stuff. And I think that a lot of the world when we talk about the Philippines and their lore, we, we tend to go towards... We dive right into the scary stuff because people love to be scared. But I kind of wanted to represent another side of who they are and what was, you know, what's really shaped a lot of their, their history and how important their history was in shaping this being. I thought it was pretty cool once I got into it. Also, racism sucks. Mm-hmm. And it yes. played a really big role in producing the ray. On that, delightful <laughs> Way to end things. Sorry, guys. Anybody have something a little lighter they'd like to
2: share? I just binged a whole series. So, okay, backstory. In case people don't know this, people who have anxiety disorders, which I feel like I've already said that I have one of those on the show before, I Mm -hmm. do. People who have anxiety disorders tend to rewatch the same shows a lot. Because we find it comforting because we already know what's going to happen in the story.
1: That's true.
2: Mm-hmm. So we get to enjoy like all the little nuances of the story that we miss the first time because we're stressed out about what's going to happen. So I just finished rewatching The Good Place, the whole series, for like the fourth time, I think. And when that was over, Netflix recommended a new show to me. Which, I need to look it up because it's got a long title, so bear with me for half a second while I get on IMDb. Okay, it's called The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Oh, that's the new Kristen Bell show, right? Yeah, so it recommended that to me because Kristen Bell is in it. Mm -hmm. I watched the whole thing last night. It's not that many episodes, and... I think by, like, halfway through the first episode, I was like, what the fuck is this? Because there's no way that this could be a serious mystery. Like, the writing is too bad. (laughs) And then, like, a couple minutes after that, I was like, oh my god, it's a mystery spoof. And then I was, like, eating that shit up like it was candy. So if that sounds like something you guys would enjoy, you should definitely check it out. I thought it was really good. I mean, it doesn't have that good of a rating on IMDb right now, but I think some people might not have gotten the joke.
1: I'm definitely going to check it out. I like Kristen Bell.
2: I am obsessed with her. Like, she has a brand of sarcastic humor that Mm -hmm. really appeals to me, so (laughs) I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Nice. I didn't know that was on Netflix. Totally going to check that out.
2: Yeah, I think it was, like, just released, like, within the last few days. Nice.
1: What about you, Linz?
0: Um, Sticking with the TV theme, I've been watching Peacemaker with Thomas Mm -hmm. on HBO Max. And that's, for those that don't know, it's a character from Suicide Squad played by John Cena. And the show is like really dumb, but in a good way. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't take itself too seriously, which I like. And I can't get over the fact that one of the characters whose name I can never remember, he looks like the guy from Mythical Kitchen. I mean, it's not going to mean anything to anybody if you don't know what either of those two things are. But (laughs) he looks exactly the same. They talk the same. And it really messes me up that they're not the same person. So like every time his face is revealed on the show, I'm like... It's that guy and he's going to start start cooking something really messed up. And I'm going to be like, why the hell are you making that? Because that looks disgusting (laughs) and I don't know why you're doing that. So
2: So the best quote probably from the Suicide Squad is, if this entire beach were covered in dicks, I would eat every last one of them for freedom.
0: (laughs) That's true. Peacemaker did say that. Oh my
2: goodness. Such a good movie. So good. So good. I, I have to see that one.
0: Yeah. And Peacemaker is um, produced by James Gunn. So so that's kind of why it's good. He does good work.
1: Well, I guess I'll stick with the theme. The new season of Resident Aliens started this past week, and I flipping love that show. So Jill and I, we binged through all of season one. We rewatched the whole thing so that we could refresh our memory. It's the story about an alien who crash lands on Earth. And his goal was to kill all of humankind, not destroy the planet, but get rid of humans because we're ruining the Earth. And really, as somebody who loves the Earth, I get it.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> an adult version of Invader Zim.
1: <laughs> he ends up really starting to fall for humans
2: no don't like us we're the worst and appreciate
1: the human experience um so season two is just started up and we're really enjoying it new episodes out every wednesday
2: what's that on because i would definitely like it it's on the sci-fi channel okay
1: i love it highly recommend it
2: i'll find a way to stream it because that's my bag
1: alan tudyk <laughs> plays the main character
2: of course he does. Alan Tudyk plays every character in every movie <laughs> that isn't played by Samuel L. Jackson. This is true. So. <laughs> love Alan Tudyk. Me too. Mm-hmm. He went to Juilliard, but he makes chicken noises. He does. You're going to
1: love him in this show. He's awesome.
2: I have been in love with Alan Tudyk ever since the first time I saw A Knight's Tale.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in that. He was so cute in that.
2: And if you weren't in love with him in that movie, you're wrong. And I don't have time to tell you how (laughs) wrong you are, but you are. (laughs) Well, we hope that you are in love
1: with Pineapple Pizza Podcast. And uh, I think it's about time to close up the restaurant for the night. Thank you for visiting our beautiful pizzeria and enjoying a giant slice of Capre. Pineapple Pizza Podcast sweet and cheesy not everyone understands our awesomeness but we're glad that
0: you do question mark if you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us check out our tea public shop for some amazingly fun and funny merch
1: or if you want to do a one-time donation you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice because we can never get enough of basically anything
2: if we're being honest
1: if you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content, you can become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget.
2: Become a patron
0: today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pineapp Pizza Pod. That's Pineapp, A-P-P, Pizza Pod.
2: You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at pizzapod at gmail.com. Remember, there's the two P's in app. Otherwise, you're emailing someone else and I don't want to be held responsible for that. Thanks for stopping
1: in for some deliciously weird morsels. And just remember, no matter how you slice it, you're awesome and we love you.